Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Beyond Burnout, a workplace stress relief lab. Hi, I'm here with my partner, my co-creator, Andres. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi, good morning to everyone. And you guys would laugh at our setup. We literally have to be almost lip to lip on this microphone to get great sound, but you've got us. If there was no microphone, we'll be kissing and <laughs> producing this, po- this podcast. Well, so, Andres, you, you brought in a really interesting article, actually. You found something on LinkedIn. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Today was interesting, very interesting point of view. Okay, tell us. And it's about a headline that says, I couldn't function. Wow. And it seems to, like, if you were going to put on a perspective, it seems like, as always, women are leading the race. Unfortunately, this time is like the race of the high rates of burnout. This does not surprise me as a woman. <laughs> um, mostly just because I, I know that as a woman, we're trying to navigate so many different things at the same time. As much as we want to be in the workplace and we're that powerful Many of us are navigating children and husbands and families and all the other things that, you know, we think we should do and be as a woman. So tell me more about what you discovered. Um, this is an interesting article, and it focuses on the news of two executives in U.S., and they claim to be middle manager, manager middle managerial position. So the first is the story of Jill Choffer. So the story with Jill is that she was quitting, but quietly. So then the big question is, why is people quietly quitting? Yeah, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. (laughs) We should have one on that, quietly quitting. Quietly quitting, right. Mm -hmm. It says that Jill was done. And she said, Mm -hmm. I was suffering burnout, 49 years old strong woman she had been putting 50 hours a week mm-hmm. in her industry is not an easy industry and i can tell you by experience um, the financials of stocks is the cannabis industry mm-hmm. in north america so working a typical eight hour day in the office and to spend the evenings at home catching up on emails and text yeah uh, actually, we will have a conversation about this on an event coming soon. It touches the technology and how the smartphones, they brought us all we need to work, but they have taken away all the uh, concept of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned on that <laughs> one. <laughs> so, yeah. So, on top of all the 50 hours she was putting at work at the office, she was going to do more work at home. And she began to question her position when she noticed her physical and mental health deteriorating. So on a previous episode, we, we were looking at the two main uh, affections that we start receiving once we are um, suffering burnout. The first is the emotional part, and then there is a phys- physiological part coming after. Uh, we want to chat today a little bit on the emotional part. We actually have you as an expert, my dear Crystal. Tell us what made you an authority in talking about emotional symptoms and other tools we can uh, look for burnout. Well, I think what makes anybody a true expert is their own process. 
um, you know, we can go and we can get degrees and all that. And I do, I have certifications in access consciousness. I have a degree in theology as I was looking for, you know, the, the, the answer to emotional stability. So, but in truth, what makes us experts is our own process and what our own search for what's going to actually change this. So I would say I'm a self-proclaimed expert in that I have been searching for and finding the tools that actually do contribute and create change with emotional states, no matter what they're caused by. And what we're really talking about with burnout is an emotional and physiological result from a series of stimulus that is usually in the workplace. Um, but you can be burnt out personally from relationship stuff that you don't know how to get through. You can be burnt out from your own inner monologues that you don't know how to stop. You can be burnt out from anything, actually. So it's it's a pretty broad conversation. So I would say that I've I've navigated my own personal, you know, pathway with this. And I wonder where we can go with the conversation. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we would like to grab more of your brain today uh, as we evolve. What I wanted to start is with the vulnerability. And thank you, Jill, for being so honest about what you were going through. Jill was going through a... She changed, she switched it from emotional disbalance to physical disbalance and she started gaining weight, weight on an accelerated mode until she gained like 50 pounds. And then that's when she said, okay, enough. I have to do something about this. Yeah. So, so she did. She actually took some time off. She, um, she started taking care of that. I, I wonder if... At the beginning, like companies like she was working for had taken in consideration some sort of wellness, some sort of care for employees. I, like I get it. It was in the middle of the pandemic, at the end of the pandemic. We can't, I don't know if we're able to blame everything on that just because it was a pandemic. Companies today have the opportunity to look at these previous experiences, learn from it, from this, and then evolve as we come into a total new age? Well, the, the one thing I want to add here is that for anything to get to an extreme, extreme weight gain, extreme exhaustion, for anything to get that far, we have to have at some point started ignoring ourselves. And one of the things I see in the workplaces today, and this is very broad, so please take this with a grain of salt, but but one of the things I see is that we're not even taught to listen to ourselves. What we're taught to listen to is what we've been told our job is, um, what our own expectations are of ourselves, regardless of what we actually need. Uh, and so in, in service of that and in service of the work that's been put on our plate, that's been expected, you know, that we are expected to accomplish and that we expect of ourselves to accomplish, we ignore our body. And, and what ends up happening is weight gain because we just start comfort eating and, you know, not paying attention anymore and not being diligent with awareness in terms of what's going into our mouth, just eating the things that make us feel good and ignoring the other elements of food and nurturance and nutrients. Uh, we start, you know, ignoring our need for rest and, and mental rest and physical rest and, 
you know, access bars is one of those components that actually uh, rein reinstigates, re restores mental rest very quickly, but we ignore that. Um, and so what happens is a backlog and that's what weight gain is essentially. It's a backlog of, of avoidance and, and not paying attention. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just what occurs. So the, what I'm seeing emerging from these articles on burnout is people's awareness that like, I can't actually keep ignoring myself and I can't keep ignoring my body. So out of curiosity in terms of not being aware with your body, would you say that that backlog could create some sort of exhaustion? Well, exhaustion is a, is a creation in and of itself that stems from ignoring yourself. And, and, you, and the thing is that we're not really empowered with tools on how to listen to ourselves. It's not even a conversation really anybody's having that much. I think we're starting to. I think there's a dialogue beginning about, you know, um, boundaries and toxic situations. Like it's beginning, but there's a broader conversation about listening to ourselves and what does that mean and how do you listen to yourselves and, and what questions do you ask? And if it wasn't about, you know, maintaining a balance, which takes a lot of effort and it was more about including you. Um, and, and your body, what would that be like? How would you, how would that change the way that you function with your job, with your body, with your family? Okay. Totally. Thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, it's, it's highly interesting, this article, and then start diving into exactly what's burnout. And I, I get attracted by this uh, definition by the world health organization where they say burnout is a chronic workplace stress that could be defined like a burnout is um we agree unfortunately like um we you could have you could suffer burnout at home but you also today very common that everything you're bringing from the workplace uh, what attracts me the most is that it, it is a today is a, in US, United States is a growing challenge in the workplace, especially among women. And here is the kicker. So you know how today's trends are like hiring everyone that one of the requirements is to be below 35 years old. So like everyone beyond that age, it becomes almost obsolete for many, many industries. Well, this research reveals that actually the younger women are 32% more likely to experience burnout than men and employees under the age, well, I mean, like over 32, over 35. So it's not, it's like we're, we're defining, the burnout is actually defining something brand new. It's, it's evolving at a rate that we cannot even keep track of it we can't keep up with it it's like you were mentioning well i think it's interesting that it's higher percentage of women um like i said at the beginning i that doesn't really surprise me i, I think that's interesting but the other thing i see here in this article is that what they're noticing is it's, it's really younger women that are starting to go i'm burnt and what i'm curious about is is there a, a general awakening happening to the fact that we are a being with a body, you know, and is it, is it really the younger people now that are more willing to go, wait a minute, man, I, I can't keep going at this pace that 
everyone expects me to. There are other ways of doing things. You know, what are they? So I'm curious about that, too. I wonder. Well, so here's what I do recall of a previous class. We were, I was translating for you. And there was this comment you were making about when a, and this, when a person starts getting more and more uncomfortable, usually it's not a sign of wrongness. Mm-hmm. And then we all like stop breathing at that moment. We're like, what? What do you mean by that? Like, what is that? So could you elaborate a little bit more about that part, especially in younger females? Yeah, well, I mean, anytime you start to feel really dissatisfied or tired or you're just frustrated all the time, there's an awareness that you have of a different possibility, a different way of doing things, a different reality, a different possibility, that there's a more inside of you, like more is possible here that isn't necessarily being acknowledged fully. And, you know, what I can see happening in the workplace is that that there's not really room for that. It's kind of like, you know, every organization has its bigger picture that they're, you know, pulling towards and going towards. And it's kind of like uh, the communism in the sense of like, we're all pulling towards the same thing. But in, in reality, every organization is filled with individuals, you know, and even though they say yes to doing that particular job, they have their own, you know, ideas and ways of doing things. And not necessarily every workplace is set up to, to allow everyone to be as fully empowered as they could be. Right. So, there's when you have that ache and that gnawing, or and, and, and if you don't acknowledge it, it can turn into uh, an exhaustion and a fatigue with what is, and with a suppressed awareness of what could be, what what the infinite possibilities are. So I specifically recall that at that moment, like you're experiencing some sort of getting extra tired, or you you notice something uncomfortable, and people tend to think immediately that there's something wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember you were saying, is it wrong or is it that you're aware of something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that was just, by the way, that was shocking by me. <laughs> I, I've heard it before, <laughs> and but I, every time I listen to that, it caused me uh, something. There is something inside of me that is like, huh, I like that. I, I want to know more about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're so quick to judge ourselves. You know, not all of us, but there's a 50% of us initially judge ourselves. So if we can't, quote unquote, be happy with what everyone else seems to be happy with, we assume that we are wrong. But what's always true is that that's never, that's never actually true. We're never wrong. We just are aware of something else. And so, you know, some situations are built to support free thinking and and new ideas and some aren't. And so, so there's that piece, but also I don't know if we really come into the workplace or even our lives fully equipped to navigate our own awareness. And I don't know if we're ever fully, fully supported to, to express it. So it sort of lies dormant and unacknowledged and undisclosed even to ourselves and that, you know, I think that could probably be a whole other episode of like how you navigate your own awareness in a workplace where it, people might not be open to it, or it might take some finesse to express it, like to create a change that you're aware of. You know, I think that could be a whole conversation in and of itself. Yeah. What I'm aware of is, um, by experience is I'm not quite sure what kind of organizations today are fully equipped and set up with a wellness system that actually 
works. We have something. There is organizations with something in place. Um, how effective are, are they after all the changes we've suffered? I'm not sure. I think it'll, it'll take some time. But I do really appreciate all your conversations about different tools that allows individuals in organizations to explore something else, like just using a simple tool. Yeah, and I think the simplest tool that we bring is honestly access bars. It's it's different in the sense that you are adding an element to your workplace of touch, which may be something that organizations have stayed away from or not. I mean, honestly, I've worked for myself for seven years now, so what do I know? <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is different. It does involve, you know, it takes two people to accomplish this thing, but it is very simple. And uh, it's one of those things that doesn't take a lot of thinking or a lot of systems to put in place. It just takes some training and some willingness to have something different. And that what Access Bars does is it starts to just clear out the fog and the, you know, the, the crunch of burnout or possible burnout. And it allows everything to function better without any real effort. I um, actually I can vouch for that. I am particularly <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm an Access Bars uh, facilitator. So I, I started receiving the benefits of access bars fairly fast. It only took me four sessions, but then it did change for me and it continuously changed, changed my world and changed everything. And it changes again and it continues changing. So yeah, totally. I can, I can vouch for that. And actually, can I ask you about that? Because when, when I met you, you I don't know if you were fully burnt out, but would you say that that was something was an, part of an energy that you were coping with as well, like trying to navigate or? Totally, totally. Yeah. So the big difference was that when we met, I had time in my hands. I was getting prepared to enroll into a workforce again. And I had been celebrating two years of doing business on my own and committed to no schedule or nothing whatsoever. But I was ready to get into nine to five back. So I, I was, I was probably, I was just dealing with myself, using a lot of time to exercise, to dive into better eating habits, to do more meditation and realize that once you provided, uh, once you were able to gift me a session of access bars, you could have it like in 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Yeah. And, and I think you had one other element that was creating a lot of stress because you had a lot of pain in your neck and your shoulders. And as you got bars, that pain released and the stress of whatever that was, was started going away. So you were already contributing to yourself really great things. Like you were, you changed your eating, you were working out. Um, but access bars seem to contribute something additional. So well, I, what I did not know was really how to care for my physical. Um, I, I, I thought I knew how to care for my emotional balance. And yes, workout and eating better and all these kind of different habits, they contribute to that. But when you start facing a physical uh, issue and then you, you I, I seem not to being able to go over it and I one of my resignations was uh, I'm gonna live with it until it disappears mm -hmm. until you came into my life and then you show me something different and all those issues today are mainly gone because mm -hmm. it's it's a big damage I did to my body not knowing I was doing it 
But thanks to all these access bars and what it brings to the body and what allows the body to, it kind of resetted my body in, in a way that now try again that you've been kind of reprogrammed that you, you're something, you're, you're, you're someone in this world. We, you're a gift, you're an individual, you're a valuable individual. So then you start over. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty pretty undefined, undefinable. Uh, is there more here that we want to look at with this? Uh, something quick here that actually calls my attention. Um, you know how like today what's um, what's the system set up in companies? Do you think you're overtired? So why don't you go and talk to HR? That's like the first step once you're <laughs> once you're not really um, performing or you're stressed and you. The, I guess one of the first signs today that is quietly is like I want to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I need to. I, I want to quit. Yeah. Start looking for other jobs or start getting. Uh, a different a promotion. Well, I mean, we like, go looking for the reason. Why do we feel this way? It must be this or this or this. Yeah. So when those cannot really be fulfilled immediately, so then then no, the system is like go and talk to HR. And what we find today on HR departments is this brilliance of younger generations and a lot of experience. But I wonder if we were able to what is what else is available for them that we could that we haven't considered yet. Like access bars, for example, like like middle managers today tend to be the overloaded. They're they're right in the middle of like the the high end managers, the upper level management, and in between that and the teams. So they seem to be suffering all the overload. And once they are kind of burnt out, the system sent them to talk to HR. So I wonder. Um, what else could be possible with HR company or departments today? And that's where access bars comes into place. Well, it's access bars is the thing that we're really proposing as a, as a new possibility. Um, we've developed something called access bars wellness systems, which are incredibly simple to institute into your organization. They just they change the culture a bit, but they're very easy. They're simple. And... Um, and so is it the answer? Absolutely not. But it's a definitely a new possibility. I mean, you know, we could really have a bigger conversation about middle management and all the expectations and navigating all of that. Um, and maybe we will. And, you know, it's like with every organization, the you have to start somewhere, right? It's like, where can, it's really the question, where can we start with this? And I'm wondering if HR company or HR departments have actually been as well equipped as they could be. You know, like having people, you know, well, and actually what would it take for organizations to not even need people to go to HR because they're already being cared for? And I think this is probably the bigger conversation is like, are we as organizations or have we included the information that our work, that our employees have bodies? (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy and it sounds silly and it sounds overly simplified, but in fact, it's not. Um, And Work-life balance really shouldn't be a con- the conversation individuals are having with themselves. It really needs to start to be a conversation that we as the leaders of organizations include in how we run things. Because when you don't, you suffer. The, the people suffer. And when the people suffer, your organization suffers. And that nobody wants that. So I think it's less about, oh, we're just dealing with a lot of you know self-entitled millennials now and they just want to have it all and all that... I don't get that that's really true, maybe sometimes, but what I think is happening under under that 
umbrella is the bigger need, which is the inclusion of the beings and the bodies in the workplace. Well, let me add to that. Um, access bars is that simple. It's so, it's, it's, so re- simple. it's ridiculous. It shouldn't work. That, 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 that should not work. But my experience, I can tell you something, oh, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even just like the other day when we were, you and I work a lot, we work at home. And so one or the other of us inevitably looks over at the other going, can I run your bars? <laughs> <laughs> and for various reasons, I look Chinese because I'm so fried or, you know, or someone's in a mood or whatever. But it always contributes, always. And it can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be a full 60, 90 minute session and then the energy's changed, it's shifted, we're more clear, we're more peaceful, and things can continue with a lot of ease. It's really fun. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It is It is simple, it is ridiculous. It's like tw- from 20 minutes to a 90 minutes, uh, taking care of your body, giving nurturing to another body. Yeah. But, but it works, I can tell you by experience. Well, then routing into our uh, last person interviewed, um, it seems like, Today, flexibility is the new challenge of organizations. Mm-hmm. They tend to have 94% of the people tend to wanted to have more flexibility, either have a schedule flexibility or location flexibility. Absolutely. Yeah. So Yeah, that's just that's just what's true. And and I think if we don't as leaders in the workplace and in our organizations, if we don't look at what's true, we, we suffer, you know. So, I mean, the, what the pandemic uh, showed us is that 98% of us can do our job from home. And being able to do our job from home gave us access to all these other areas of our life that we could take care of sort of simultaneously or in the way that really functions for us. So, you know, most of us, especially as women, are incredible multitaskers. And having that much to do or that much um, difference in the spectrum of things to do actually contributes to work. Uh, instead of the other way around. So we've, we learned something in the pandemic and now we're sort of going, but uh, I want this, like this allows me to be me, have my, you know, have the care for my body I need, have the flexibility that I need. So yeah, I mean, it's true. Things have changed. Lots of change. Um, we have another brave woman, uh, vulnerable as crazy, Emily Muhabrak. So she's a story of a very successful lady, took a company from the ground to all the way to the top. And then at the age of 30, she said, can't, can't do it anymore. Uh, I couldn't function. Those were her words. So she's, she was putting 60 plus hours a week. And she also developed a, she called it downward spiral um, anomaly with eating disorder. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Crystal. Like, she could have. Like, you could say at this moment that someone could have done something about it. Could have. Could have react. Could have. Could have protect herself. Mm-hmm. But what if you don't know what the heck is happening yeah. to yeah. you? Yeah. Like, how do you recognize when to use a tool? It's um, and this is. I think this is good. We're doing this podcast because I actually get we could record even another episode on like how do you recognize when you need to use a tool that could be because it's a big conversation um in truth it really comes in the beginning when you are starting to work those 60 hour weeks because by the time you get to exhaustion and you've tapped back into an eating disorder you're into the coping 
So in truth, what we need is a new conversation kind of at the beginning of things, which whenever that is, maybe when we're born, we need a manual strapped to our ass. But um, that thing of like, <laughs> you know, I think there's a sign, like I love to work, for example, I can work a lot. And it does go in waves and phases because I will work, 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 work. And then I'm going to need some downtime. I'm going to need downtime to just whatever, decompress, get my bars run. And how do I know that? I know that when I've just kind of reached the end, you know. Actually, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. So Emily, unfortunately, uh, the gain, the weight gain doesn't stop right there. She became suicidal. Mm -hmm. She went to the point where she didn't want, she, she just didn't want to do it anymore and didn't feel worth, worth it. Would you, I've heard your experience before with access bars and when you were at similar point, mm -hmm. access bar changed your life. Yeah. I was, I was wondering if we were able to share more about that experience of yours. Yeah, I can. And, and I, you know, to address what I'm looking at the same article. She goes, the pressure started to build to where emotionally I couldn't function. She said, I was going home and eating as much ice cream as I could get my hands on and then repeating the same cycle for the last year until it got to the point where I realized I'd become suicidal and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And to me, that's an indication of someone that just literally has not been taught or empowered to ask herself a question, a different question at a moment, at a pivotal moment. Um, and just kind of tried to keep going and cope with it until she couldn't. And so that's what I'm saying, like that there's something that needs to occur different in our culture at large, but especially in our workplace culture where people aren't just getting trained to do their job. They're getting trained to include their body and make sure that they're caring for themselves early. So for example, like when you start to notice that you are fried you got to be willing to ask yourself, like, what do I need here? Is Do I need to just keep powering through? Because that's really what we're taught. We're taught to power through, force, force ourselves, force our bodies to go further than they can in that very 10 seconds. And in doing that, if you look at trying to, I mean, I don't even know, look at a, a horse. You try to force a horse after it's like exhausted, it dies. It just lays down and dies eventually. So we're not We're the, we're the same in that regard. We're an element of nature. And if you force elements of nature, at some point they go beyond what their capability is. If you, if you consider their functioning, if you consider the functioning of soil, for example, after you put crops in and you use the soil's elements, if you continue to use that soil, you deplete the soil. But if you consider the way soil functions and you allow it to regenerate itself, and you use other fields and you get a crop rotation system, you create a sustainable farm. So how was your uh, crop field looked uh, <laughs> right after your birds were run so for the first time? No. Um, yeah. Well, so I came into access bars really in need. I was in need. I was in great need. I had done a lot of other things that it were, were an attempt at caring for myself. When you say other things were like more like therapist yeah, or yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, 
I wouldn't say my burnout was completely job related. I was like life burnt out. You know, I had spent most of my life trying to recover from sexual abuse and and difficult family life and my own choices. So I was in therapy and psychiatry and I had tried BIE, which is bioenergetic intolerance elimination, EMDR, um, hypnosis. I'd gotten a degree in theology in an attempt to, you know, get my feet under me. Wow. Yeah. So I'd done all the things and, um, and so when I, I was 37, I was newly separated and alone again and feeling that panic, that anxiety, that like, how am I going to make it? Like, how am I going to deal with myself? And uh, so, you know, like when you're asking an unspoken question, the universe contributes randomly. And I found a, an old friend that had Access Consciousness listed as her employer. So I searched and searched and searched and found out about Access Bars and I went and had one session. And for me, that 90 minute session was really life changing because Afterwards, I felt like 10,000 pounds lighter. The things that we had handled in the session stayed different, which was new. And um, there was no reversion. There was, I was different after. And, um, and so I kept going. So for me, it was like I, was at, I didn't know what else to do. And Access Bars was like, well, what else? What else am I going to do? Yeah, let's try it. So was that all for you or, you, or it, was, it was something else that kind of aid you to change your life. Yeah. So from the access consciousness is this incredibly large universe of tools and there's the body tools, which start with access bars, but there's the verbal tools as well. And I was really lucky to get a certified facilitator that during my bar session also was willing to talk with me because I had so many questions. And so she also facilitated me using the verbal tools and personally, I wasn't much of a bodywork person. So even though I was getting massive benefit <clears throat> pardon me, from the bars, I was really more interested in the verbal tools. And uh, so I did like five more bar sessions. I took a bars class because I had to. And then I went to foundation and foundation was really where I started to see the power of addressing limiting energies and being able to clear them. But and listen, that's a, we've, we've touched on three different podcast episodes here. <laughs> well, not intense. Oh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We uh, There's so much topic about it there's there's material to talk about it um so how do we wrap this up because this is wow i mean i think it's like one starting to recognize where you're at on the spectrum of burnout you know are you are you at the tail end are you somewhere in the middle you know so if jill or emily were to ever listen to this podcast <laughs> we Hi. kindly want to say like uh you're amazing you're yeah. so vulnerable that have the courage to come out of your shelf and tell us your story and not being afraid to say I'm burned out. Yeah. And then my strong, my strong suggestion is like, what if you were to try access bars? Well, in here, you know, this is, uh, I think Emily talking in the article, she goes, I need a job that prioritizes my well-being over the well-being of the business. And I think what we're, I agree personally. And I think what we've missed and we're learning through choice creates awareness, right? I think what we've missed as organizations is that if you don't prioritize people's well-being over the business, I don't even know if it's that, if you don't include it, because I don't know that one is more important than the other, but if you don't include someone's well-being, then what occurs is the depletion of your resource. And I, I wonder if we've undervalued the human resource to a degree that, that now it's sort of screaming for attention, you know? 
And so I wonder, you know, no matter who you are listening to this, what, what your next step is, if you're an employee, you know, what's your next step with this? Is there a conversation to be had? Do you need to introduce, you know, your organization to access bars, wellness systems? Do you need to just go get your bars run to try it? What, or whatever you're aware of. If you're in human resources, what conversation could you start to have? And what could you add to your human resource toolbox? And if you're, you know, middle management or upper management, it's like, is what is how you're running the people in your organization really working or is something else required and and where could you start with that that's so beautiful thank you my question to wrap up this podcast will be what else is possible that we haven't considered yet for our organizations amen (laughs) 